Welcome back. Uh, one of my most talented and artful writers I have ever known, a former colleague of mine at the Chicago Tribune, is Melissa Isaacson. You will remember that name from her byline in the sports section primarily. She has since become an associate professor at Northwestern, and she has orchestrated uh, what I think first. Hi, Missy. How are you? I can call her Missy because I've, know, I've <laughs> known her for a long time. Uh, but it's Melissa Isaacson for those of you out there. Yeah, she has organized what I think is one of the most stunning sort of three-day events that I've heard of in a long time. It is a, in part, Missy. It's a celebration of Title IX. Could you? I know what Title IX is, but I, I think there are a lot of people for whom. The definition has gotten a little foggy. Don't you think that's part of the reason you're doing this, to celebrate the 50th anniversary? What is Title IX, Melissa Isaacson? Yes. Well, thank you so much for letting me, uh, you know, tell people, remind people. Um, I'll tell you why it's not as much of a celebration in a second, but certainly we're marking the anniversary. Certainly we're recognizing it as uh, many people, and I certainly believe, is the most significant and important law of the last half century. And people much smarter than me agree with me. It is it is uh, unbelievable that it that it took sort of amending the civil rights yep. uh, amendment to to do you know to <laughs> to settle on this uh, in nineteen seventy two this law that no person in the United States shell on the basis of sex. I'm reading it because it's only 37 words. Sure. It's really so simple and, and perfect. On the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. So what that meant is that schools uh, could not um, discriminate on the basis of sex in any activities. Yeah. And they added the activities because um, that that's what allowed sports to be included, and that's what allowed me and so many other girls, you know. Well, but it changed. You know, wear a uniform and play in a gym, yeah. One of the things that, that I think is so important about this, too, is it, it changed your life personally and profoundly didn't it missy it it did it absolutely uh absolutely did and you know when i talk to kids you know my students and and older women you know i want to make clear that in no way do i think if you didn't play sports you couldn't be a successful woman <laughs> right of course around you know before <sighs> title nine you couldn't be successful but it's you know, and the statistics bear this out. If you look at C-suite women now, who are you know the most powerful women in the country, uh, some eighty-four percent of them uh, played team sports. What the Title IX allowed us in seventy-two is not just to have equal opportunities in sports, but all activities. So you had to provide if you provided a you know a, a men's choir, you had to provide a women's, whatever it was. Yep. But for me who was a kid who had boundless energy and was, you know, athletically inclined, but certainly wasn't an athlete because I had no perspective on that. I had no you know, reference point to be called an athlete, much less a jock. So until, you know, until then, little boys in this country, as soon as they were handed a baseball and a glove and put on a t-ball team or whatever it was, learn things that, that you didn't even realize you were learning in terms of yep, teamwork, teamwork 
and sacrificing for the good of the team. Well, and also the thing, you know, the whole notion of sportsmanship, which I think is an important uh, when it's not, uh, you know, uh, diminished, is a very, very important thing to learn. I mean, that's what they'll teach you in in, in corporate boardrooms, for God's sake. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. How to lead, how to lead and how to follow and how to take, you know, instruction how to strategize and how to negotiate and all those things you know were were baked into little boys and so when they did become successful men many of those life lessons were a big part of it and for little girls we just simply did not have that and so when we were given access to that through sports in our case it was as if the whole world opened up to us and then given opportunities and given uniforms and given uh, you know, coaches and given gym space and all that. What the final component to me that I learned in high school that was hugely influential is it gave us toughness. And uh, that was something no uh-huh. one teaches a little girl. And so all of a sudden, not only physically were we pushed beyond our, you know, what we would have thought were our limitations, which nobody would have done that before. Of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right? We're throwing up and we're loving it. We're like, oh, did you throw up after 12 suicides? You know, I did. You know, it's like kind of crying and stuff. And, you know, it was the physical and it was also the mental part of someone pushing you. Um, you know, one of the things I wrote about in the book and our coach Arlene Mulder is that while people and our parents may have expected greatness from us, no one before Mrs. Mulder demanded it from us. Yep. And so that was the difference, and that's what made my life really transformed my life personally, for sure. Well, talk about your book for a second, Missy, because that, that was a published by uh, Agate Press, right? Yes, yeah. thanks to you. Thanks. Agate Publishing, yes, in Evanston, uh, gave gave me the opportunity to get that story out. And, you know, it started, it went, it took forever, and, and uh, it started as a column in the, in the Tribune right, about, right. yeah, on the occasion of our 25th anniversary of our state championship, and, and my sort of discovery at all the things we didn't know at the time, which, you know, included our, our coach, Arlene Mulder, you know, who was paid nothing, you know. Yeah, of course. And, um, and didn't know much about basketball. She played sports. She was a great athlete herself. But we didn't know that she sort of huddled in the corner of the teacher's lounge with the great Billy Schnur, who was the basketball coach at our school, and learned and wasn't afraid to go to him and learn the X's and O's of basketball coaching. And in the process, he would later tell me she taught him about motivation and, and how you – uh, you know, relate to, to kids. And in those days, coaches would just <sighs> yell at you and, you know, <laughs> Kogan, drop and give me 20, you know. Yeah, and smack and, you. Yeah, yeah, I remember exactly, those days. Right. Exactly, exactly. She, she was doing stuff, you know, she was doing stuff in the mid-70s that, w- that Phil Jackson would do years later when I covered the team, like self-imagery, and she gave us the profit to read the book. And, and she would, uh, you know, and she did all these things with isometrics and, and strength without you know, lifting weights because girls didn't do that. So she did all these really cool things that Phil did years later. And I remember thinking, you know, not at the time at all, but yeah, of course not. years later, you know, learning about her and how brilliant she was as a 30-year-old and delegating and knowing how to 
find the right, you know, people in the right spots. Well, no coincidence. So first, you know, I learned that. We learned, I learned about Nick Manis, our principal, who was just this, you know, stern principal. And 25 years later, I, I learned how instrumental he was in bringing girls' state championships to Illinois and basketball in particular because they thought it was too dangerous in all the dan- downstate. It does. Downstaters, I, yeah. yeah. And when you think, it, you know, 50 years, it seems like it, it doesn't, it, in some ways, it seems like yesterday to me. And there's still one of the one of the other interesting things, and, and after, the, after the news at the bottom of the hour, I want to talk to Melissa Isaacson about the many events uh, involved here because some of them sound unbelievably interesting all of them sound interesting and some of them sound unbelievably so uh missy when you came up with this idea of it it is not merely a celebration it's an to my mind it seems like more an ex sort of an ex exploration of what title nine was the legacy of title nine but also the current state and future of Title Nine. I'm not thinking to remake Title Nine, but how it's how effective it's been and all that, all that. Uh, that's true. How did you? How did you? You came up with the idea. I understand that. Was the university receptive to it? Because you certainly have a lot of different aspects and portions of the university involved in this. Oh my gosh! I mean, yeah. that's part of the great thing about it is that it involves athletics is coming over. You know, to join the rest of the campus, we've got uh, Medill and Kellogg and, mm-hmm. and, and the Pritzker Law School and everyone joining hands in Weinberg and, and communication, SESPE, School of Education, Social Policy. Everyone's sort of joining hands, which is cool in and of itself. Oh, yeah. Um, like you, yeah, I mean, that's great. Dean Whitaker, Charles Whitaker, a wonderful dean at Medill, said Good one guy. thing to me when I, like a year and a half ago, said, what do you think? He said, shoot for the moon. Mm. And I mean, who wouldn't want a mm. boss like that who literally, just, yeah. you know, n- there was no question about how far to go or what. He was not nervous, you know, which he should have been. Um, and the important distinction to make and cut me off if I talked to one is no, I'd never cut you off. You would never cut me off. No, just they would cut me off. Um, yes, it's really <laughs> important, like I said, to recognize, but but. You know, here we are in the brink of the midterm elections. Clearly, it's a time when gender equity and Uh, women's rights are top of mind. And if they're not, they should be. And so when when we've planned it for the end of October, you know, it it is a little later than a lot of colleges and universities have uh, recognized Title IX because the actual anniversary day was was June 23rd. Sure. But. Um, I think it's vitally important that we waited and we saw what sort of everyone else is doing. And now we're able to look at it with a very critical eye going forward uh, in looking at what's wrong, not everything that's right, because USA Today did an amazing investigation this summer and others did as well, where they found incredible shortcomings with Title IX. Um, You know, Donna Lopiano is one of our panelists, and she's been a Title IX expert in more than 40 court cases. She said 90% of institutions are out of compliance at the Division I level. That's frightening. We see high schools. We see high schools. Terrifying. Short, you know, women. Missy, I'm going to have to ask you to break because we've got to get news, but I want to talk about the, you know, the participation number of girls and women of color is alarmingly low. This This is a big deal, ladies and gentlemen. 
Missy Isaacson and I will be back in a couple minutes to talk more about this uh, amazing three-day series of events. Title IX, the anniversary of Title IX, but also uh, uh, looking forward and looking at the contemporary situation of Title IX. Melissa Isaacson is, she'll say no, but Melissa Isaacson is the brains behind this entire thing. Uh, You are, and she's... Way to get get everyone hating me. No one uh, one could ever... I mean, no one could ever hate you. She is also the author, and she didn't mention the book. She's self-effacing in that way. It's called State, a Team, a Triumph, a Transition. It is a remarkable book published by Agate Press. This lineup, uh, Missy, of events is, is, to me, kind of astonishing. There's holding court with Mary Carrillo and Katrina Adams. Mary Carrillo is one of the most interesting people I ever see on television. She's she I'm, she's as good as McEnroe as a commentator, don't you think? Oh, she's absolutely one of the best analysts on television, uh, in broadcasting, rather, uh, bar none. Not, not woman. But, yeah, but exactly. Both. Sure. Yeah, yeah, she's terrific. I mean, she's done a ton of tennis, but she's also absolutely great on the Olympics. Um, she's on HBO Real Sports. She's she's terrific, and she also does the... Uh, the big dog show. What is that called? The one. The Westminster. Westchester. The yeah, Westminster. Yeah, the Westminster. Yes. Right, right. yes, the Westminster. You've also, you know, the other topics in this. This I'm just gonna rattle some off: sexual assault and harassment on campus. Title IX's changing role. Uh, you're gonna. There's a movie screening too of uh, 2022 Oscar-winning documentary called "The Queen of Basketball." There is uh, a volleyball game, <laughs> which is another great thing. I mean, you've got every thing here that another topic is lift as you rise the future for women in coaching and athletic administration that's an intriguing one to me missy because i have after 50 years of title nine i think the number of uh of uh jobs in coaching and administration for women is frighteningly low am i right you are absolutely right mm-hmm. um after title nine passed it, there were tons of women because no men wanted to coach girls and women. So it went from 90% in 1972, women who coach girls and women's teams, or just women's teams, uh, to 43% in 2020. That's astonishing, uh, yeah. Even worse, only 24% of athletic directors across all NCAA schools uh, are women, and white men make up 65%. And then when you go to the women of color, it's really embarrassing. Um, so 34% of head coaches for women's teams are white, and just 7% are women of that, color. That is so, it, it is frighteningly amazing to me, if I can it really, use that it phrase. Really is. You too, um, obviously. Yeah, and I mean, you know, girls too, let's look at the CPS, you know, Marshall, of course, is a girl's powerhouse sure. with Dorothy Gators, we paid, oh, yeah. paid Marshall. They were tremendous to can you and I think people will be shocked to learn they do not have a basketball team for girls right now. They did not have enough girls to field a basketball team. So a lot of that is their enrollment has gone down um, you know, by a crazy amount, which is a problem, you know, or, generally or, sure, know, sure. Uh, but I don't know that the girls maybe are is I don't. I don't know if there is interested. I, I don't want to say that for sure, um, but certainly uh, girls of color are not getting the same opportunities. That's sad. That's just sad. But that that's part of what you're exploring up here. This is not just 
these three days of events is not a a wild uh, you know drunken celebration of Title IX. It's asking <laughs> no, I think it's asking very important questions and and uh, and you've some of the people you've got coming in for this thing are are amazing. Mary Carrillo included. You're moderating a couple of these things, aren't you? I am, and I'm really excited to talk with Mary and Katrina Adams, who, of course, is, is also just historic and important. Uh, she was the first African-American president and CEO of the USTA, the U.S. Tennis Association. Mm. Uh, she was also the first African-American high school singles champion in Illinois. She won twice. And then she was a two-time All-American at Northwestern, winning the NCAA doubles title there. So uh, she's you know, remarkable. Um, you know, we've got uh, a woman, Suzanne Goldberg, who's the Deputy Assistant Secretary of the U.S. Department of Education when you mm. talk about talking about sexual assault and harassment. Um, you know, I mentioned Donna Lopiano, who's probably as synonymous with Title IX as anyone. Um, we're doing this really cool thing. And let me just say, because I don't think I have yet, that it's free yeah. and open to the public. And we really, really invite the public to come. Uh, it's such a cool and rare experience to sort of mix and mingle with students um, on these same, you know, with these same discussions. Well, think you how know, important. Think yeah. how important this would be for a for a uh, mother and father to go to who've got a, a kid in high school now to sort of see and get a real measure of the state of uh, of Title IX as it as it currently exists. What's a, what's a good website? Where, what's the best way for people to find information about this, Missy? You, you know- can go. This this isn't the simplest, but it's the most direct to our full program. It's Title IX, so Title One X I X Title Nine mm-hmm. dot Medill dot Northwestern dot edu. That's not complicated. Even I, know, I can understand. Well, even you I can Google, understand that. Yeah, <laughs> you could you could Google, uh, you know, Title Nine Medill Northwestern and, and get it. But Title Nine dot Medill dot Northwestern dot edu. Um, it's it's worth uh, the trip to Evanston. It's um, like I said, it's it's free. It's um, going to be a, a really a good time and important. I think you're right. You're right. I mean, it's one thing to be entertained. You can be entertained by going to see a movie during this three-day extravaganza or seeing a cool uh, volleyball game, Purdue at Northwestern. Purdue, but Northwestern. also, they're, they're, yeah, I'm sorry. But you'll also <laughs> so learn. You'll also you'll also learn something. You'll also learn something. Some things that are just not that that pleasant. The lack of uh, of women of color. The lack of. Uh, of uh, women in positions of of authority, it's one thing to play the games; it's another one to be in charge of the games. Uh, Missy, I, I cannot commend you enough for this. This is just—I am even going to get up there because I. <laughs> no, I'm you serious. Really I know. I yeah, really I should. Mean, I know. If, if the, the whole. It's another. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no. I please speak up. It's another what? I'm, I'm so crazy to tell everybody. The, the one thing when you mention a movie I want to mention, too, at 3 o'clock is, uh, on Friday is a screening of the 22 Oscar-winning documentary short, The Queen of Basketball, which when we talk about women of color, this is the portrait of a woman, Lucy Harris, daughter of sharecroppers in mm. Mississippi, scored the first basket in women's Olympic history um, and was the only woman drafted into the NBA, probably the best woman player ever. And 
uh, until her death right before the Oscars, probably no one had ever heard of her. Um, yeah. Shaq and Steph Curry are producers. Uh, and, and so we'll show that. Mary Crillo is going to be moderating a discussion with her daughter, uh, Crystal Stewart Washington, and then a, a best-selling author, Andrew Moranis, who wrote the book on that 76 women's uh, Olympic team. So that'll be a really... Really cool. Well, I, I, to I totally commend yeah. you for doing this. You were a you were a a great great writer and a great byline in the Tribune, and now you're doing, to my mind, even more important work. For those of you who want Missy's book, and again, it's Melissa Isaacson. It is titled "State: A Team, A Triumph, A Transformation." Missy, it's great to talk to you. Great success with this thing. Uh, Thursday great. through Saturday. Thank you. My honey, yeah, I, I, it's always my pleasure. Look at me, I good really old sexist, goofy Rick Cogan. Hey, honey, blah blah. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, that's the way I've always talked. Uh, Missy, I miss you, uh, but I, you're doing uh, you're doing God's work here. I miss you too, Rick. Thanks for being such a good friend and uh, my letting me talk so much. <laughs> you're a good Missy. You're a good talker. We'll talk soon. Take care, dear. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye.